Hello. Good morning, Merlin. Good afternoon, Dan. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? <laughs> very well. Are you enjoying a good afternoon? Quite nice. As a follow-up question, how was your morning? Did you have a good morning? Quite, quite a brisk, energetic morning. Brisk mornings are the best mornings. <laughs> One takes one's constitutional in the morning. Has a, <laughs> has a brief breakfast. <laughs> Browses the morning papers. <laughs> one does enjoy one's mornings. Oh my God, I'm out of breath. I'm already, I'm winded. Yeah. You need to lay but down. Seriously, or? one time, one time I'm going to lay down. We got to do a whole show that way sometime. <laughs> Just with you in, in repose. Just with us both being Englishmen at the club. Watch our ass is rather interesting. <laughs> Some of the performance improvements should be quite salutary. Rather. Uh, I'm reporting live from the floor. I'm buoyant with enthusiasm. <laughs> One enjoys taking one's constitutional on the floor, interacting with one's peers, State of the Union. I like that. I'm tired. I'm winded. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of work doing that. Yeah. Sometimes talking really wears me out. <laughs> Imagine how the audience feels. Yeah, I know. Yeah, as one rather enjoys hearing the <laughs> blathering on of one who hasn't had so much to say about productivity of recent. <laughs> one enjoys one's constitutional <laughs> listening to podcasts. Bulk bag. Yeah. <laughs> Goldberg chews. <sighs> yeah. Oh, I slept pretty well. I slept pretty well. You know, uh, we uh, we took off our bed frames and now we just have mattresses on the floor like we live in a dorm. Why? Um, It's a long story, but basically we had a child uh, almost nine years ago okay. and we uh, made the decision early on to co-sleep. And we had a, what seemed like a very grand sized queen size bed at the time, but our, our baby chose to sleep in such a way that she would create the letter H. Oh yeah. In between horizontal. Yeah. 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 So her head had to be on mom and her feet had to be kicking me the entire night. Mm. And we realized that the queen size bed. So for a while I was, I was, you know, batching it out on the couch. We said, that's it. <laughs> Is that what you call it? I was batching it. <laughs> Running the batch. Running, running, uh, running a, uh, I was running a shell script from uh, Sudo Sleep. <laughs> Please don't run that. I don't know if that'll do anything. No, um, RM. RM dash R recursive, recursive sleep. So anyway, long story short, uh, uh, yeah, so we bought a, a mattress and then we needed a bed for it. So we got ourselves a, a, an Ikea frame. Now the Ikea family of products, they're okay for what they are. Mm-hmm. But when you've been sleeping real hard on a bed for, you know, almost nine years, the slats kept falling down on my side. Oh, right. No disrespect to the Casper. They did not have a role in this. But the slats kept dropping. We we're worried about the health of the cat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so, so uh, we, uh, we tore it apart. And uh, now we're sleeping on mattress on the floor like, like it's a dorm. I'm having a lot of challenges right now. Do you have plans to replace it or are you going to keep it? We have a thought to replace it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everything's hard. 
everything's hard. You know, everything's hard. Yeah. Like you can go and you can look at what the stuff looks like, but you kind of, there's certain kinds of things that you want to see it in person. Like just, we're trying to buy chairs to take to the beach. I didn't like any of them. Beach chairs. <sighs> beach chairs. And like, I'm like, you know, I want to buy these. First of all, I'm supposed to buy something by something called Tommy Bahama. Mm-hmm. And on the face of it, I don't like the idea of having something called a Tommy Bahama in my house. And so I feel like I should it's see a these. Per- a pers- it's a person. It's not an item. Yeah. Isn't he allied with the Jimmy Buffett culture? I feel like they're one in the same. They, Tommy Bahama doesn't, doesn't they make uh, like really expensive sunglasses, sunglass frames? I think they may make like flowered shirts and roofies. Yeah. Um, Tommy Bahama. I don't see Mr. I see lots of skinny girls. See, here it is. Here's the backpack chair, backpack chair. And so I don't know. I don't know. It's, it seems. Yeah. Also, I'm having a lot of problems with sugar right now. Like, you know, once you start looking for sugar, sugar is everywhere. It's everywhere. Dear, are you trying to cut back? You know that, you know, that's my thing. No bread, you know, steer away from bread. No lasagna. Yeah. I love me a lasagna. But it's like you and how you like don't consider potatoes to be a proper cheat food. No, I'm you know, fine with potatoes. I eat yeah, some okay. starch. But like starch. a corn. You, you won't go out and, and have sure, a corn. Have corn, sure. But you don't have... You, don't make corn. me go back. Don't make me go back and pull out episodes. You, talk, you said specifically... Oh, come on. I've, we've changed this. There's been a lot of advancement in the community. And they oh, now consider... if Yes, if you have... Um, uh, there are certain kind of starches that they've embraced a bit more. Uh, so corn, oh. corn, you know, it kind of depends, but uh, occasionally that I'll have corn, uh, the right kind of starch res- what they, what's called resistant starch. They've mm. learned more about and that. And that's kind of included in, in moderation. Do you consider what you eat to be a paleolithic diet? Um, it's not strict. Mm-hmm. It's not a strict paleo. It's strict in the sense that there are certain Certain foods I won't eat at all, but, but I mean, but I mean, the I'm trying to get down to this one thing. Overall, yes, like, I, you would categorize most people, lay people would categorize it as a paleo diet. But you aren't specifically looking for historical research on whether they had rutabagas in a cave. I, I allow my wife to do all that research. Right. What about Wi-Fi? Uh, Wi-Fi is very so on the not diet. Paleo. Is that allowed? Very not paleo. Not paleo. No. Sneaker net. Hmm. I wonder if there's other historical diets. Sneakers are not paleo either. Oh my goodness. It's, it's, uh, it's paleo all I mean, the way down. Yeah, it's all the way down. As deep as you oh. dig. Now what, but let me ask you some other questions. Is there a Victorian diet you could be on? Like a Victorian peasant diet. You eat only stuff that a Victorian peasant would eat. Is right, that a diet? You got to wear a lot of perfume. Oh, perfume. Mm. Mm. And wigs. Wigs. No nothings. <laughs> wigs. <laughs> W-H-I-G-S. The wig party. Yeah. You only eat what wigs would eat. Yes. Tommy Bahama has some decent stuff on here. Footwear. You think so? Footwear. Hmm. They got big and tall. Big and, oh, big and tall. That's good. We're not going to need that you and me, buddy. Nah. Up high down here. Hello. The store for little guys. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard. It's hard. I was exploring some tastes of my youth because I've been wanting to eat more salad because, you know, here's the thing about me is I got a lot of problems. And one of my problems is I, uh, well, I, I do try to avoid like off the shelf convenience foods. Sure. I also will tend to be somebody who's very lazy. So like, there's never a day where I wake up and go, Oh, I imagine I'll cut up fruit today. But if somebody were to cut up fruit for me, I'd eat the crap out of that. I eat the crap out of some food, but I don't do that. Same with ditto salads. Ditto, sal- salads to me are like burritos. Like I'd rather get that somewhere else. Let somebody else do the heavy lifting. But I enjoy a salad. And a salad is not actually that hard to make. I'm trying to eat more salads. 
So uh, I, I I dipped into two tastes of my youth, and I, I got I got me uh, two bottles of dressing. I don't know what I was thinking. I got a bottle of Kraft Catalina dressing, <laughs> <laughs> and I got a bottle of Kraft Zesty Italian dressing. Now, Zesty Italian, you can marinate something in that. I used to do that all the time. I'm very familiar you know, with the Zesty Italian. Zesty Italian's a terrific, terrific dressing. Is Catalina, I'm going to have to look this up. Catalina. But isn't Catalina the red? Looks it's like red a, it's like ketchup that you put on your salad, it's, but it's more it's, fluorescent. See, I think almost all dressings go back to something very simple. I think Catalina is mostly ketchup and mayonnaise. Yeah. If you were to make that at home, don't, you know, email Dan. But that, that's my gut on that. So I'm exploring the taste of my use. Now, now the other thing about a zesty Italian, here's a nice salad you can make in your, in your house. This is a salad hack. I keep hack. thinking of a person when you say that. Like Amy Salad, the, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the uh, producer of Fresh Air. <laughs> I finally went and looked it up, and her name's not Amy Salad. It's Amy Salad. And I was really disappointed. Oh. Her show's produced by Amy Salad. I was like, God, that's an awesome NPR name, Amy Salad. Title. So here's another nice thing you can do. You go and you, you get you some, uh, some of those little tomatoes. You, you get you some of those, uh, you get some like a red onion, you get some cucumbers, maybe some basil, chop that up. You throw that in a thing and you put some like uh, oil and vinegar in there. Now you have a, you have a lovely Italian, it's basically like, uh, like Italian salsa. It's a delicious salad. Have you ever had a salad like this? I don't know. It might, it might have a name. I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name for it. You get fresh ingredients in there and you put, so, so, so what I would do back in the day, if you got, got some leftovers, you, uh, like vegetables, you can throw some zesty Italian in there, shake it up overnight, next day, boom, Amy salad. Right. So I thought I would do that. So I had some, I thought I was being a real kitchen hacker. So my wife comes home and says, hey, look, I made us a lovely salad. And it was, uh, you know, uh, the tomatoes, you got the red onions, you got the cucumber, you got a little bit of chopped basil. And she goes, <laughs> What's this? What's the, what did you, what is this? I said, that, that is a taste of my youth. That is zesty Italian dressing. And she repeated her remark. She said, there's a lot of sugar in this. And I yeah. said, sugar, sugar in zesty Italian. That is neither zesty nor Italian. That, 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 that's can't not, that can't be a performance characteristic of zesty Italian. That's a taste of my youth. And I, and, uh, <laughs> I looked on the back. It was sugar the first ingredient? No, no, sugar was the third ingredient. Ah. Then, then I dug a little deeper into the taste of my youth and I pulled out the, uh, the, the Catalina. And item one, pureed tomatoes. Item two, HFCS. Wow. <laughs> the second ingredient is not even sugar. Oh. It's science sugar. It's space sugar. It's the same, but it's the same. Well, you, you think HFCS and sugar, you, you look at them the same way. I HFCS mean, I, is think, worse, isn't it? I think HFCS is much worse than regular sugar but they're both it's like hitler sugar <laughs> yes yeah yeah now you're speaking my language <laughs> mazel tov uh-huh. yes precisely and so now the taste of my youth they're coming I'm, I'm looking askance i'm looking askance at them dan i make a lot of homemade sauces because as you might know you probably don't listen to my other program but i'm a sauce and gravy man you've I got enjoy another sauces. show that you do thank you i enjoy sauces i enjoy gravies and i make a lot of ad hoc sauces at my house because i enjoy a sauce it's not unusual for me to have three drinks and two, three different kinds of drinks and two different kinds of sauces with a meal. I can turn anything into a wonderful meal just with sauces. I'm a condiment man. When you say sauce, are you talking about something that you would mix from ingredients in a fridge? Or are you talking about like boiling over a stove and doing a reduction uh, or what? Not so much that second one. Yeah. More of take a jar of this and a jar of that. Okay. So I'll, uh, I'll make a, I make a, uh, I make a lot of variations on something that's somewhere between Catalina dressing and cocktail sauce. I'm pretty good at this. So ketchup is often the base. You, you add just some mayonnaise to that. You put in maybe some sriracha 
right? You see where I'm going with this? You can put mm-hmm. in lemon juice. There's a million different ways. Now, if you're enjoying some French fries, I know French fries are not a favorite cheat food of the paleo community, but if you're going to have some French fries, you could have a little dollop of ketchup here. You get a little dollop of the, uh, uh, oh, and also horseradish. So you get that and you can kind of mix it up and you can have like an ad hoc uh, addressing of your own design as you're enjoying your frites. I like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's paleo. Probably not even Victorian. Mm. Did you watch, watch uh, Game of Thrones? Yes. Oh my God. Quite a good not, episode. I will not hear a word against that episode. I thought it was outstanding. Really, we can't talk really about it here. T- well, it's <gasps> tough to watch that. For it was me. tough to watch, but there was like four or nine things I loved about that episode where I was like, ugh. Can we do it in the after dark? Maybe a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm not super like into them. I don't know. I don't know who, uh, who, who Powderfinger is and stuff like that. But like, I'm not sure who's Littlefinger? who. Littlefinger? Sure. You don't know who he is? Is he the one with the beard? No, he's the, he's, well, I don't want to say anything if you haven't seen it, but he's the one who's. Who, who gives the girl, though, who gives the girl with the scaly face a horse? Uh, no, that was uh, the old, that's the older dude with the beard. And that's not Stannis because he's dead, right? Stannis was who he worked for. Okay. And Elrond is a, is a half elf. Elrond El- Hubbard? Yes. Yeah, Elrond Hubbard was a half elf. I loved, I loved all the lady stuff in it. The battle scene. I mean, there is a I love magical, the ladies. I'm real into the lady stuff. Love the lady stuff in <laughs> this the one. Best. But there was like three or four different scenes that could be the best scene of any given season of a TV show. When Sansa's subtle smile. When she, show, when mm, she shows up. Mm-hmm. I still, she probably should have talked to Powderfinger a little earlier though. <laughs> little, little finger. Could, could have, could have just given me a little heads up on that. Yeah. The strategy you know what? Work, you know what? Be there at nine thirty, not yeah. ten. Yeah, yeah. You know, you really want to synchronize your watches for this kind right. of thing. You know, could use a little help here anytime. <laughs> anytime. Yeah. Here's just a little voice in the pile. Could use a little help, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but like, there's also a scene where the blonde lady does something that's kind of the ultimate mic drop. Daenerys. Yeah, Daenerys. Yeah, da- Daenerys Tarkanian. Mm-hmm. She's uh, she used to. Uh, I think she was at UN- UNLV for a while. Yeah. She's a coach who used to bite her towel, right? Who am I thinking of? Am I, I thinking of the singer from Rage, uh, from uh, uh, System of a Down? What's his name? Serge? Turge? I introduced my daughter to System of a Down the other day. So, you know, that's good. But then she does this thing and she, I don't want to spoil it because you should just go see it. But then yeah. there's also, there's another magical creature in this episode that I loved. It's a kind of magical creature that also appears in the later Harry Potter movies. You know, I'm going to say it. You put a giant in a show and I'm going to like it. I yeah, like it. They, you, can't, you can't say a word against 1-1. Uh, one, one. What's his name? Mumu? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Mm-hmm. Yub-nub? 1-1. One, one. Yub-nub. 1-1. One, one. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> well, that's his nickname. His real name his is 1-wag-1-dar-1. Is, is one one dig-num, diggity-dum-dum. <laughs> 1-wag-1-dar-1. That's <laughs> that his full like name. Some, that is such a George Lucas name. Oh my God. That's a first draft of a George Lucas thing. <laughs> it's a fi- final draft of. His uh, name is Tarkadian Fountain Pen, Pinkton. <laughs> he's good, though. He's really good. Oh, he's so cute. He's so big. Yeah. That was a hell of an episode. Have you been also following this from Valley. the first hmm? season, or is this. Uh, you know, no, I watch it as a tourist. Mm hmm. I uh, I do rely heavily on the uh, 11 minutes that it takes for the show to start. Yeah. Do you watch it on HBO Go? Yes. HBO now? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So so I, I had complained a little 
to people at one point about how it's funny to me that I'm spending, I don't know, what, 20 bucks a month for this, which mm-hmm. is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, a little, a little steep, but I'm paying, uh, you know, 20, 20 bucks over the top. And uh, it starts with an advertisement for an, <laughs> another show on HBO yeah. that I'm already paying for. And you got that, then that's its own little loop. And then it has to go load the loop for the, the, the Kong and the, and the pre-roll. I love that. I love the intro to the show though. It's 90 seconds. It's not long enough. Oh my goodness. It's the shortest 90 seconds of my life. Hmm. Is that right? You enjoy that? Love that. You like, and the music is nice. No, it's good. It's just, you know, sometimes when you're binging stuff, it's nice. You get the rhythm for how many clicks it takes to, uh, to get to the center oh. of the <laughs> Yeah. Like orange is a new black. If I ever hear that theme song again, I'm going to pick oh, my TV up and throw it right out the door. The convenient thing is like, it does key pretty well to like TiVo and Apple TV time jumps. You know what I mean? So if you go tick, tick, tick on the Apple TV, that's 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay. I've gotten pretty good at that. And most, most shows like it has a nice rounded off amount, but, um, yeah, like with Shark Tank, it's nine, it was 90 seconds from the pre-roll through the credits to learning. I don't know if you ever heard this, uh, but uh, the QVC lady, she sold over half a billion dollars in products. I don't know if she's ever mentioned Is that, that true? I'd never she heard that. It, I think once in passing, she might have mentioned it. Yeah. Do you know how, Lori, do you know how many patents Lori holds? A lot also of patents. Also, QVC, she sold over, over half, half a billion, 500, 500 million with, with an M, 500 with a five. That's a, that's a lot of QVC. That's a lot. Mark Cuban, the Maverick. Okay, God. <sighs> it's been a big week. <clears throat> Amy Salad. Mm-hmm. And Marie Boldenado. Mm-hmm. Wait, I, I could probably do most of them. I think I could do most of the credits. I'll tell you a secret. I listen to Fresh Air almost every day. Terry Gross was on a few months ago. It was nice. Well, you're into that show. I'm super into it. I like Dave Davies. I like Dave Davies, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's a Shonda is that, that, that is it Shonda Rhimes? Is that her name? Here's the thing: this is this is a, this is this is a literal tragedy. They still refer to him. What is their the title for him? That he's the they call him like a correspondent or a, oh. like like he's like a helper monkey on the show. He like does the freaking show most of the time. Secretary <laughs> Gross today, helper monkey Dave Davies. Yeah, he's not the guy from the Kinks. He's also not the other guy from the Kinks. So I'm struggling with sugar. I got the bed, but that things are pretty good. I didn't get sick. Everybody's sick from WWDC because I'm a hermit and I don't touch that many people. Also, uh, I think you, you were probably less travel fatigued considering that it only takes you 90 minutes to get from your house to Right, to Moscone. get into actual, actual San Francisco. <laughs> right. But uh, whereas they spent those 90 minutes on an airplane and surrounded by five yeah. hours on either side. It's basically uh, me going to downtown. It's basically like somebody else coming from New Jersey. <laughs> right. <clears throat> no big deal. I just, you know, if you account for the, you know, going through TSA. and <laughs> right. You don't have the TSA pre. I don't have. <laughs> I, as my friend Mike Montero says, I do have to transfer my currency every time I go out to the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Still uh still got the yen here. The yen. Um one weg one dar one. Is that mm-hmm. right? Is that yes. really his name? That is his full name. He's known as one one among friends. Huh. I think George R. R. Martin Martin likes likes kinds of repeating name names. Look at that guy. Look how cute he is. Anyway, <clears throat> I uh how you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. You're you're busy, and I know you don't want to talk about this in detail yet, but you've been pretty tight lipped about it. We mentioned in passing that you're working on something. Yes, yes. I, I brought this to it. you. You did not bring this to me. 
I, I'm asking you to, to talk about this a little bit because this is something you spent a lot of time on. Would you like to share with our listeners a little bit about what you've been working on? Yes. If I, you want, you can cut this out. No, I'm ha- no I'll, I'll, I'll leave this all. Um, it's your show. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I, I guess it's been more than a year, but I'll call, I'll call it a year. I started getting serious about developing a podcast hosting and analytics platform based on the tools that I had built for us to use at 5x5, you know, starting back at the beginning. When I started 5x5, it was kind of, it was really out of laziness because each time I was doing a new show and I had to do more and more shows to pay the bills, I was doing a show and I would have to build a little website for it and write a little thing. And uh, after like the second or third one, I said, this seems, this seems like I'm doing a lot of work for what is essentially the same kind of task. So I investigated different, uh, you know, could, could I make Expression Engine do this? Could I make WordPress do it? Could it movable type? You know, I, I looked at, at everything, trying to figure out what would be the best software out there to host, you know, a, a place where I could put multiple shows, essentially. And I spent a few weeks looking at that, and I said, you know, in the time I've already spent doing this and I haven't found anything trying to customize these different solutions to work the way I want them to work, that I could just build something because after all, I was making my living building Rails apps at the time. So I uh, I wound up building 5x5 and built in all these tools that, you know, that, that make it pretty easy to post a show and do a lot of the things that, uh, that at the time were very tedious and time consuming. But I had built all of this and then sponsors came and they said, well, we want we want a place we can go to like log in and hear all the sponsorships and, and jump right to the, to the sponsorship part of the show. So we don't have to scrub through it. And more and more, they wanted analytics and then very detailed analytics and seeing, you know, I got very interested in the analytics aspect of it and how, cause you get so little information from your listeners, you know, like you don't really know that much about who they are, where they're coming from, what tools they're using to listen to the show and, all of that. So we built tools to do that. And that's been very useful to learn about the audience and share that with sponsors. So when a sponsor says, you know, do you have a show that's appealing to, you know, Apple fans or whatever that you can say, yeah, and look, this is, these are the kinds of downloads we get and the devices that, that people are using. It's all anonymous, but it's useful information for us making content and for advertisers and for everything. But I got to the point where I had built so much and I started, to, you know, people would ask me or I would just think this is something that people could really use. So I spent a couple months trying other tools that were out there, um, all the all the big ones that everyone knows and learning about them and saying, you know, the stuff that I'm build that I've built that I'm using here to publish this stuff is is pretty good. And I think other people would probably like to use it. And I debated about it for a long time. I've got you know, I spent many, many years building building applications that had large user bases and not as large as I hope this gets, but, you know, building building tools that lots and lots and lots of people would use and building publishing systems or CMSs or whatever you want to call it. And I thought, you know, this is something that keep, will keep me very involved in the process of software development, which is something I really enjoy. It's a way to take all this stuff that I've built and share it with a bigger audience, and maybe it will help podcasting as a whole. Maybe this could be something that would help make the life of a podcaster easier, that would take 
a lot of the work that they spend doing things by hand or using multiple services uh, to to sort of simplify everything and bring it all together and do it in a way that's really nice, it's really polished, that and that's very affordable and kind of answers all the questions that that people have when they go to look and say, I want to do a podcast. I'm maybe I want to have sponsors, maybe I don't. Maybe I want to take donations, maybe I don't. Maybe I want, you know, I want to host and get really good analytics all in one place and be able to share those with collaborators or sponsors or whoever. And maybe I want a really nice looking web page you know, like automatically with host bios and cool links and RSS feeds that validate and the ability to import from other places and bookmarklets that are really smart and, you know, for adding show notes and all the stuff that, you know, we want, like the basic stuff, like embedding uh, custom images into show art, you know, like all of that stuff. Uh, it just, it seemed like it was time that someone built something that was really good. And that's what I've spent like a year doing and I've had not done it all by myself. I've had a lot of help. And it's it's like I can finally feel more comfortable talking about it because it's actually like the software is done now and I'm going into the beta stage. So I'm inviting there are people who have signed up already uh, to be to try it out. And I'm going to be doing it in small groups initially, but rolling it out. And the the pricing model was something I struggled with a lot, too. I really feel like, you know, the thing that we pay the most for in the world right now on on the Internet is bandwidth. That's something that actually still costs money. Somebody's paying. For Somebody's it. paying for it. And mm-hmm. I uh, mean, it's 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 one of those things. It's so uh, hidden and subsidized, right? And you know, you may not really. One may not really. It's funny because you know, we get not not so much anymore. But we used to get. I, I feel like I used to get crap if any podcast I did was over fifty megs. Yeah, and it's like, well, go and look at your cellular cellular usage for one YouTube video. And it'll blow your mind how yeah. much bandwidth is going to video. No, it's it's crazy. And somebody's they're, they're, somebody's paying the freight on that. Yeah, they really are. And, you know, so many places will price things out based on, like, storage. But that didn't make sense to me, you know, because, like, if you – so let's say you and I both have our own individual podcasts. And your podcast gets uh, 50,000 downloads a week and mine gets 5,000 downloads a week. But we both have 10 episodes and they're both 50 megs in size. Should we pay the same thing? I would argue that you getting 10,000 or 10, 10 times the number of downloads that I'm getting, um, you should probably pay more than me, which maybe mine's, you know, I, I don't have enough downloads to get sponsors. I don't really have supporters. It's just a hobby kind of, but you've got, maybe you're getting 100,000 downloads and you're getting 500,000 downloads. The, so the same way that, you know, that, so that's kind of what I built pricing around. But then I also had the idea that a lot of the time, People, podcasters will do more than we, we get. We have this problem. It's kind of like fish tanks. Like there's this joke in the fish keeping community that once you have one tank, like you quickly want to do like a second one. And the, you know, you say, well, my first tank's good, but like I want to do something. And then I want to do like a species tank. And then I want to do like a, a shrimp tank. Then I want to go into like saltwater aquariums. And now I want to do a coral one with live rock. And like you, you get this disease of wanting to do, keep doing more and more. But I think podcasting is kind of the same too. Like, it's very rare that somebody just has one show. They're always experimenting and doing. And look, look, you're a perfect example of this. You've got a number of different shows. Some of them um, have a big audience. Some of them have a niche audience. But, you know, and I thought about that for myself, too. It's true for me. It's true for most of the people that I know. And I thought, 
Well, what if instead of like, and we love Squarespace, but what if instead of like the Squarespace model where it's X amount per Squarespace site that you have, what if we did it instead that you sort of bought a, a, a number of downloads and let's say it's 10,000 downloads and that would cost you a certain amount of money per month, but then you could have multiple podcasts within and they would all pull from that, that pool because it's possible that your big show gets 7,000 downloads and that's going to kind of leave you with 3,000 that what's going to happen to them. Are they like rollover minutes or what happens? And I thought, so this gives people the opportunity to say, well, you know what? I'll put a second show on here and that one's only getting 1500 downloads. So I'm still within that kind of umbrella of, uh, of downloads that I'm already paying for. So that's kind of the system. It's a multiple podcast. It's, uh, it, it, you know, it has really, really good analytics that sponsors and because sponsors already know us like S five by five selling for podcasts since what, 2008, 2009, they already know us. So they already know how we track. They already know our numbers. They can trust our numbers. They can trust our download stats. So the way it works is like sponsors, you can give a sponsor access to your podcast and then they have their own like separate login. You give them a- access and you tag the episodes that they're in with a the time code. Then they see all of the shows so, that they've Are you sponsored. doing that? Yeah, it's done. That's all. Uh, that's Podtrack does that, and I love it. It's I, super I love you just go in and say start and end. Which campaign is this for? Start and end. Yep. Are you doing something like that? Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. So that way it's such a pain in the butt because more and more sponsors, I don't mean to be an ad for your thing, but more and more sponsors want just a specific like MP3 cut um, oh, that yeah. you end up having to attach in an email. And that's it's a such a janky system. It is. But like, it, like, you know, I mean, just not for what it's worth, like, uh, you know, like with Roderick on the line, we have, uh, currently one sponsor with we got through pod track it just showed up it was really weird but it's so great it's so easy to use when i'm done editing i always hop over it says is there an ad in this episode we see a new episode is there an ad here like i i that is i wish i could do that for everything well so that was something that's important and also you know a lot of people want don't want sponsors they want listener support so the one part of it that's probably not going to make it it definitely won't be in the beta since i'm writing that email now to send out but the the one thing that we're i'm trying to figure out and i'm not totally sure how to do it i mean like i know how to do it but i don't know the best way to do it Mm -hmm. from the standpoint of the podcaster and the listeners is you know right now patreon's pretty popular for people who want to uh who want to have their podcast supported so they'll direct people over to Patreon. And then when they want to like publish an episode, people do this a lot with like YouTube videos, they'll publish it first to Patreon and, uh, and they won't be able to like, they won't release it in exactly in the main feed because they want it to be supporter only content. So, you know, I've, I've figured out a, a nice way to, um, to, integrate Patreon and essentially use Patreon as like an authentication API so that you could create a custom RSS feed essentially automatically for each Patreon supporter. And then, so if you supported a show for five bucks a month, you could, uh, you could then get, you would get a custom RSS feed just for you. And since you're using a different system for stats, it won't harm the fact that you have bespoke feeds for each person. That's right. The, you're deeper in the stack is where the recording of the download is happening. That's right. That's really cool. And so, 
That's always that's always been the, the bane of everyone's existence yeah, is having yeah. like one obfuscated feed. Like like I've accident I've accidentally found and accidentally leaked, you know, mm. uh, subscriber feeds to things just by sharing something on Overcast. Where I go, whoops, right. that's the ad free version of yeah. this Panoply show. I feel bad that I did not mean to do that. You know what I mean? No, I do. And it, there's there are little little issues like that, but you know, all of these things are conducive, I think, to the way that where we're going in podcasting. It's such a different space now than it was. Even just like two years ago, it's so different. And, you know, the tools I feel like in some ways have really caught up and in some ways they haven't. Like there are some really neat tools out there now that let people who don't want to, you know, do something with Skype where they're using a call recorder or multiple machines like I do, um, where, where you can go on and like record in the browser and things like that are coming along. I've spent a lot of time looking at those and looking at you know, some of the systems that allow you to sort of try to edit in a browser. We do too much in post-production with effects and things like that to clean up, clean things up and editing to make that practical. But I think there's something interesting there too. But yeah, that's just, it's been something I've been working on for a long time and, you know, like the infrastructure and making sure that everything is redundant and backed up and in multiple data centers and, you know, live syncing and all of that has been a kind of a fun challenge bringing me back to my old sysadmin days. It's been kind of cool. And, you know, and like finding like a really cool CDN, like we use Cashfly at, um, at 5x5 and that's people, we used to get these comments i think it's less typical now but we used to get people who are saying how come your downloads are so fast and that's like i can't take credit for that except that i pay cash fly to do you know to host it to be the cdn in front of everything so like doing the same deal with them for for this so that everything that that you get like no matter where you are should be really really fast and that's you know again like like if you're just a podcaster you're showing up you're like where do i put my show you know like i i kept looking around saying where is the where is the squarespace for for podcasts you know essentially um but building in things that like you can import automatically from soundcloud or import from libsyn or import from feedpress automatically with like one click like you know that's there and also being able to push out to other services is is going to be in there too so it's, you know, part of it has been like a labor of love, but also I really think this is something that people will, you know, will really uh, hopefully, you know, find useful and, and help them make their shows better. So it's called Fireside. And would you like people to continue to sign up for the beta? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, it, you know, we're going to... Well, if people wanted to support this project or just learn more about it, what, what should they do? Fireside.io is the place to go. Um, the actual site will be launching with a, a different TLD, but that's that's where you can go to sign up for it right now, fireside.io. And if you get in there, you'll be getting the email that goes out today or early tomorrow saying, hey, here's how you get your token and start beta testing. And uh, But it's, it's, it's there. Well, congratulations. Thanks. This sounds like a complicated project. It's very been it's it has been by far the most complicated thing that I've worked on since I was in the telecommunications industry when we were doing billing systems. When you're working for the Sarlacc? Yes. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> and it's it, but it has been I mean it's you know and and I mean I built like I was thinking back over the things that I built and I've definitely built a bunch of like really high traffic sites. Like when I, I wrote the CMS for a list apart back in the day and that thing got tons and tons and tons of traffic. And that's when rails really couldn't scale and what a, a nightmare that was. But now uh, it's, 
it's a different story. And building this has just been a lot of fun. And I've, like I said, I've had a bunch of help, but it's it's been really, really cool. It's really been a lot of moving parts, that's for sure. And every time you think of like, oh, it's done. Wait, no, I got to add this one thing. And well, there's, it touches so many. It touches so many parts. If you were trying to, you know, cobble together something like this in 2004, there'd be so many constraints, but also so many um, limits on the number of options. Like in the days bef- before Libsyn, if you wanted to have a service where you uploaded and served stuff, well, for one thing, it probably just whatever kind of stuff, even if that was images, even if you're doing like a rudimentary flicker like thing. Yeah. But like e- any of that stuff, I mean, I don't know. It just, it seems like, you know, traffic and the size of these files has gone up so much. Oh, so it's yeah. something like, I still don't understand how Libsyn makes money, but I'm very glad they exist. I, I don't, their model makes no sense to me, but, <laughs> but I'm glad it's there. Um, I hope they never call us on the actual terms of their agreement or my goodness. But, um, that's the other thing is like, there's so many, and I don't, I can't speak to what your terms are, but that's the other thing is there's a lot of services that will do some aspect of this heavy lifting for you. Mm -hmm. But in almost every case, there's something about it, you know, well, I don't don't want to get into too much of a, of a can of worms here, but there have been, for example, like a lot of listeners you know, who have asked us why we aren't in this place or why yes. we aren't in that place or why yeah. we are no longer. I, this is up to you to decide to even whether you want to address that. I would just say that writ large, uh, where I want to be is where I put it and under the terms that I want. Right. And almost anywhere else that wants to quote unquote help you out, the terms that they give you are not going to be great mm-hmm. if they ever actually called you on any of the terms that they have. Some of the places where people were <laughs> 3%, excuse me, three downloads, for episode, we have listeners uh, have terms that are extraordinary yeah. into what they demand of the people. And yes. there's a lot of folks who don't want to talk about that because we want to be civil and collegial. But it's difficult to find a place that will do a lot of great stuff for you without terms that are onerous and even, to my mind, a little dangerous. No, I, I couldn't say it better. And that, that kind of says it all. Um, but, you know, it, it. I just feel like there should be a way for people who are who are geeks as well as people who are just regular old human beings who want to find a place to, 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 to upload their podcast and not worry about, not have to worry about anything and just upload it and have it just work and get a really pretty web page that they can customize and RSS feeds that just work. And, you know, little, like some of the things that I've built in there, I couldn't resist kind of rolling backwards into the five by five CMS, like custom, like I, I, I had from day one in Fireside, I had uh, the ability to add custom artwork, cover art for each episode because uh, we always have fun in our show notes with, you know, custom artwork mm-hmm. and sort of like a card type thing, sort of like Twitter does. Yeah, like that. And there's um, I listen to No Agenda and they always have like a different cover for every episode. Like it has sort of like a template, but then there's different background and other things that they did. and. I thought, you know, that's something that people may want to use. They may never want to use it, but it's easy enough for me to put in there. But I liked it so much once I built it that I put it back into 5 by 5 So, like, if we wanted to do, like, if, if listeners wanted to do, you know, who listened live, wanted to, like, come up with custom show art, we'd use that for the episode, put it in there. And then when people download it in their overcast, they'll see the custom show art for that episode. Things That's like so that, cool. little things like that. Like I've, I've, all the, all the features I've ever wanted, I've pretty much built into this. So maybe it'll, you know, maybe it'll be helpful to people. 
Yeah. I'm just thinking about, I don't know. I mean, we haven't talked much. We haven't talked at all about it, really. I mean, I think you've mentioned you're doing it. I see you talking about it. But uh, just back to that original earlier point, though, is just that, you know, just having to deal with other people's data and where, like, where there is a risk associated with not getting it right. Yes. Maybe it's not exactly like, you know, a bank, but at the same time, these things can get very costly for somebody fast. Mm hmm. Things can get weird fast. And also, you know, I think as a podcast listener, I, for, at least for myself, I don't think I'm nearly as bad as some people, but, you know, I get used to podcasts like working a certain way. And so I have an expectation that like when this thing is loaded up, it'll work this way. I have no idea why like um, WNYC podcasts for a long time would load very erratically in Overcast. I imagine it was CDN related. Sometimes mm. NPR podcasts don't load right. I don't know. I mentioned it to Marco. I'm not sure why. I don't think it's an Overcast thing just because of the grouping of where it's happening. Um, you know, but there's all kinds of stuff like, you know, being able to have stuff like, for example, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a secret and don't, don't tell my curly this, but I am very flattered when people, people war dial episodes of a podcast that I'm on. Nothing makes me happier than going into the stats for a reconcilable differences episode that hasn't come out and seeing 23 people have downloaded it. That is to me the greatest. I, I know it's probably like a bot somebody made. It's probably something TJ Luoma made. Hi, hi Tim. But, um, but, but. I'm so happy when somebody does. Now, there are other people, especially in the public radio uh, and po po postgraduate public radio community who like will deliberately obfuscate the Earl so people like can't find the episode. These are kinds of things people think about. These are kinds of things you've got to think about. Mm -hmm. And like all those decisions that you make must be somewhat difficult because you know the downside of getting it wrong. Well, if we obfuscate this Earl and something goes wrong, nobody's going to get it, right? If that doesn't get populated to the CD, CDN correctly, if you update the episode and that doesn't push out the replacement correctly, like even though that is obviously a somewhat object-oriented setup, that must still be something you have to sweat. Like making sure the cache is cleared for this kind of thing. And oh, like, oh, yeah. now the show art, I accidentally put a dick pic up as my cover art. Like, yeah. how do I fix this and push this out in a way that is efficient and that they're going to look at you for that to work, right? Right, right, right. And uh, one of the biggest things that's tough, you do talk about caching. Caching gets even more difficult when you are dealing with like a CDN because the way the CDN, I mean, I know you know it, but there's probably <laughs> Don't people. Don't assume that. <laughs> well, the, the CDN. I understand very little. The way I understand the CDN is that there's little islands of hard, little island hard drives all over the world. And before it gets pushed out to the world, it gets pushed out to all of those islands. And then it finds the connection that's going to be fastest for you in a, in a canny way. So you're not, you know, if you've ever had parts of the internet go down, you realize what the internet really is. That's right. Which is, it's all about, you know, efficient routing. And that is that kind of what it does? The CDN is fast and it's local-ish. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it, there are all these little hard drives on little servers all around the whole world in different data centers all around the world. And so if you're in New Zealand and you go to download Back to Work, episode number 277, it's not going to go from the server that's sitting it's not in... It doesn't live in Austin. In Austin, <laughs> right. Instead, it, the Austin server may be the origin point for it, but it's been mirrored over automatically to that server in New Zealand so that your download is like it, the one that's 100 miles from you instead of the one that's, you know, thousands of miles away from you. And it actually makes it go much faster. But what if, like you said, like, what if there is a dick pic as accidentally uploaded as the cover art? How do I clear that out of all those little hard drives all over the whole world be, and make people download the right one instead? You know, the problem, though, and this is the if I if. Whenever I hear people talking about like, what's the biggest problem in podcasting? I'll tell you what it is. It's there's one thing. And, and, and that is once you put something out there to be downloaded, 
the people who have downloaded it, whether it's one person or a hundred thousand people, you can't fix it on their <laughs> on their phones or on their computers. They have it. You can no, it would, force it would them be like to download. Type- it would be like having a typo in a book you bought on Amazon right? and saying to Amazon, can you fix this typo? Right. It's like, well, I can push you out a new book once that's corrected. But it's it, also, it's not something that's built into any podcast app I'm aware of. There's no like reload this episode. Wouldn't that be uh, remarkable? It. Yeah, but it would also be kind of a little bit of an edge case since this does kind of work mostly right now. But you know what I mean? Like, in, I, and for a long time, I would try that with these WNYC shows um, or things like like Planet Money. Um, whether it was on overcast on, or, you know, I think this is, I'm not trying to make this overcast cause it wasn't, it, I, I suspect other people have gotten this, but it would get clogged and like, so you could delete it and re-download it. But like no lay person is going to want, nobody wants to delete an episode and no. like download it. No, especially if it's not for like, oh man, we were making a PG episode and we accidentally said a four letter word. Now, yeah. how do we recall it? You can't recall it just the same way you can't recall an e- email. You know, mm-hmm. once the email's out there, like, oops, <laughs> I guess I sent that. Well, it's the same thing. So yeah, we can force a new download of a corrected show, but that's that's not very good. That's not really a solvable problem at this point. I, you know, so. The other, the other thing I'm interested I don't know. We talked about this about three or four times ever in the five and a half years or however long we've been doing this. But it's, you know, I mean, you think about, and I'm talking here about stats. Stats are another somewhat unsolved problem. Stats, I think, are still an unsolved problem. The way that we, I feel like the way that we fix the problem or the way that we deal with the problem of stats is to first quietly acknowledge that every system is broken but then realize that hopefully it will always be broken in the same way for everybody. Therefore, if we always use thus and such numbers versus thus and such numbers, sure. we should be able to get something, whether that's PodTrack or whether that's Libsyn or whomever. Like there's places that are considered, you know, more copacetic for that Squarespace, right. whatever. Right. But, uh, but we used to talk about this all the time. And you think about back in the day when people would say like, oh, my, um, my website uh, got uh, 7,000 hits today. Which is weird. I mean, the 7,000 hits, that's like a book in the library getting looked at 7,000 times. <laughs> like a hit, what's a hit? Well, a hit is a gif. A hit is this piece. A hit is that piece. And it's even worse with podcasts. I'm telling, I'm asking you to tell this story. Because this isn't that part of the problem with podcasts also, is it's downloading it in all these little parts and pieces. People right. are listening part way. You don't know if somebody's finished it. And this is what, without naming names... SoundCloud. This is what people are trying to accomplish with some of these sites is to say, how far did people listen? What did they listen to? Because it's not really a zero or one, right? That is so... A great way to explain it. What you're talking about, I think, are range requests. And that is um, a essentially, so the HTT, so the HTTP spec says that your browser or web client and podcast clients are all using the web to download episodes. So they, uh, they use the same methods. What they do is they say, hey, I'm, I'd like to download this MP3 file. And the server responds by saying, oh, sure thing. How do you want it? Uh, it's 50 megs. And the client, whether it's Overcast or iTunes or whatever, says, you know what? Give it to me in five parts. And the server says, all right, here's part one. And by the way, you can have all five parts at the same time because you got enough bandwidth for that. So the client says, all right, give me all five parts. And it's now downloading five 10 megabyte 
chunks, if you will, ten different or five different streams that will amount to ten. It receives that file, those separate files, and assembles it back into one MP3 file by just like lining those files up as they complete. Now you've got one file. This happens all the time with any big file that anyone downloads over HTTP. It's just it's just the way that it works, um, and it's been doing that for a very long time. If you were to then go and look at the log files for that, um, and I, if you were just doing straight Apache, you, you might get doing, a real, really wrong idea about what's happened. You you would, or if you were using Amazon S three, or if you were looking at your download log files in in any way, it's going to look as if you got not one download but five or maybe six if you count the initial head request or, or maybe more depending on the length of, of the file, the size of the file. So I, I remember seeing somebody who came out with a, a new show and they tweeted, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, episode uh, <laughs> two of our show has gotten 250,000 downloads. It's unbelievable. And it was like a show about like topography from a designer who had maybe 5,000 followers on Twitter. I'm not saying that that's not possible, but it's highly unlikely that they got 200,000 downloads. And I asked them, I said, hey, just curious, that's great. How were you counting this? Oh, you know, we ran it through our analytics, our web logs through our analytics. That's not, that's not accurate. So we, as people who collect podcast data, download data, we need to do a much better job of getting around those range requests and the way so that, how, do you, how do you account for me listening to podcasts when I listen, I, I listen on three, right? Really, okay. So right now two kind of three, but three iOS devices with overcast and plus the web client, which I use a lot. Sorry, Marco. Um, I use a lot. Yeah. And then I, you know, I share that with people, but how, I mean, how do you account for me? Does that, I mean, when, the, when you're, when you're a sponsor and why do you care about this? You care about this because if you are trying to sell ads or do something, People are eventually going to want to know how many downloads, how many listeners, but is a download a listener? Like, how do you parse that out? That becomes, you know, I could really greatly inflate a lot of the shows I listen to because I'm kind of downloading them, you know, not kind of, I'm downloading them three times. No, you are. And it's it's incredibly difficult and you can't do, you could say, well, you know, like you're probably downloading it a couple times from your home or from your office. So we'll just treat that as one, but you can't do that because there's many, many situations where, especially in work networks where, you know, like right here in my tiny little office where I have like somebody who, who, who works here doing, you know, sales and product management and, and an, an intern, there's three of us here. And we each have a computer and a phone and probably an iPad here and there. So if we're... If all, all in the same IP address. All in the same IP address. So uh, if we all download one episode of Roderick on the Line, well, that's at, we want to count all three of those because those are legit downloads. But what do we do about the iPad that's on the same thing? You know, And the reality is right now, like you can't. And the reason you can't is one of the, the tenets uh, of podcasting that we actually like as podcasters. And that is we're, you know, we're all like independent and we all are, you know, we don't want to worry about, uh, about our data being used. There is no unique way to identify an individual person, an individual download. I don't have a way as a, a person collecting download data to differentiate between a download that came from my coworker and a download that came from me versus a download that came from my phone versus my iPad 
you know, and I have an iPad at home that I have downloading all the shows that I like to listen to. I also get them on my phone. I also play them on the website. So how do you differentiate? The, the unfortunate reality is you really can't, but those numbers don't really, really, really inflate uh, a, a download count. And when most it comes, people are just getting it on their phone. Probably. Most people are. And when you are looking at this in terms of getting a sponsorship, advertisers are super focused on the ROI, the return on their investment. And this is what we hear all the time. They're, you know, they're, they're willing to pay a, for, um, for a, for a lot of downloads to a show, if those downloads turn into conversions, if those downloads can you know actually will will make them money, and they can tell that based on saying, well, this this show had fifty thousand downloads, but only five people signed up. This show over here had thirty thousand downloads, but seventeen hundred people signed up, or seven hundred people, or seventy people. What they have a number that they're looking for that they want to get on those conversions. So the number, like the the download number, is important, but it's more like a, a set a starting point for setting the price, if that makes any sense. Because it's all about the engagement of uh, of of the listeners. That's why, like when we do our sponsorships, we're like, hey, you know, like go visit the site and try this out. You might like it because it really is a good way of uh, of supporting. The show that you like is going and, you know, buying something. And it, but it's frustrating because I, I just don't know, you know, you hear about all these other, um, like the big news with, um, with Stitcher getting bought and, you know, and things like that. And people, a lot of people very upset or not liking that because the, you know, what they're trying to do, they meaning companies who are working with big sponsors, they're trying to push podcasting into the in into into essentially what you could call like the YouTube ecosphere and and what's going on in in YouTube uh, I had a friend of mine who came from doing a lot of YouTube videos and he went into podcasting and he said to me he's like Dan like what's going on the stats in podcasting suck I'm like well I'm building the thing you should look at it and he looked at it he said still these are good but there's so much we don't know it's a black box what happens after the episode is downloaded, where on YouTube, you can see a, if you've never like made a show on uh, an episode or a, I'm sorry, an episode, a, a video on YouTube and looked at the kinds of stats you get, you get to see who all the listeners were. You do know if they were individuals, you, mm-hmm. you can see where they played, if they stopped, if they scrubbed, you know, you can see all of this great data and great information. And that's very valuable to sponsors. They want to see, okay, you had a thousand downloads. Cool. Did any of those thousand downloads, did, did people even play the show once it was downloaded or did it just sit on their hard drive doing nothing? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's a very good question. And oh, the, they, the listener could be dead. The, at that point. It could yes. just be downloading. You, one of your biggest fans might be dead. That's right. And once <laughs> it's downloaded and played, did they play the whole show? Did they even hear the ad? Did they scrub through the ad? Did they, you know, and the only way to do to get that information would be to what? To have the podcast app itself track that data and then send that data back up to the origin source. So of course, companies that are essentially ad companies selling podcast ads, of course, they want you to use their app. 
Of course they want you to use their app because then their app can feed that data back to them. So of course they want something like Stitcher because if they have Stitcher, then they've got all these captive users who are going to hit play and pause and scrub and fast forward and they're going to get all of that data and they're going to be able to give it back to their advertising wing who's going to be able to turn around and show it to sponsors who are going to be able to say, look, this show that you spent X amount of money on had this many actual plays mm-hmm. and and this percentage of these people heard your ad. Other people can't give you that data. Why should you sponsor those shows? None of them have data. And then all of a sudden, the sponsorships for all of the shows that aren't on whatever service, using whatever app, starts to get pushback and said, well, we really want you over here because then we can get the real data that we need. So podcasters, I feel like, are uh, are wanting to uh, maybe fight against that because they don't want to live in somebody else's ecosystem. That's the beauty of podcasting is you can just make a show and put it kind of wherever you want and host it with whoever you want and use stats or not and get sponsorships, you know, the way that, that you want to do it. We have this very kind of free open space. This is something Marco writes about a lot in regards to overcast and, and independent podcasting. And, um, you know, we're, we we collectively as podcasters would be giving up a lot of our independence and a lot of doing things the, the, the way that we like doing them in order to maybe fit ourselves into that box that might potentially lead to some money. And, you know, if, if I can build a system that helps people stay independent uh, by providing really, really good stats that don't answer all the questions, but answer a lot of them, like, yeah, I really want to do that because... I kind of like podcasting the way it is, you know, <laughs> I mm-hmm. want it to get better. I want it to get easier. I want people to be able to make some money doing it, but I don't know. It's just, it's kind of frustrating um, to see things like that. And, and I'm, I'm, I understand the sponsors really want that. They want to sit down and look and say, here's actual like play data. Like, yeah, that's really valuable, but maybe there's another way. I don't know what the other way is. We should um, probably take a break uh, from this unintentional advertorial to mention one of our sponsors. Would you like to tell me about something that you like? I would like to tell you about something I like a whole lot. FreshBooks. FreshBooks. FreshBooks.com. URL to go to to support this show. FreshBooks.com slash back to work. When you're signing up, there's a little blocked box there that says, how did you hear about us? Fill in back to work and we will get credit for that. It will help us tremendously, but it will also help you. You will become one of like a billion small business owners, it's probably not that high. Um, that might be a little high. But it's if you're just if you're checking the Apache logs. Yes. But there are a lot of people who are using FreshBooks. I'm I'm one of them. I've been using them for a, a whole long time. What do they do? They basically make it really easy for you to invoice. Invoicing isn't that fun. It's not that interesting. It's kind of one of those tedious tasks that you do in your business that you kind of I don't know, you kind of you kind of dread doing it. You you know, they make it easy. You create an invoice and send it. It takes about 30 seconds. There's no formulas. You don't have to worry about formatting. Just perfect invoices every time with your logo on them, the template that you choose. Your clients, they can pay you by a check. They can pay you online right through FreshBooks. Payment gateways, Dan. You're going to get paid faster, Merlin. I know, I know I will. It's because of the because of the because of the payment gateways. And here's the thing about this: like, if this is your favorite part of the job, don't get FreshBooks because then uh, you won't have as much fun. But like, you know, if you're running your own deal, even if it's like a freelance thing, you're just doing on the side. I mean, there's there's parts of it that we we probably shouldn't do for ourselves. There's probably things we don't like doing. For me, the worst kinds of tasks are things that I'm not great at that I'm likely to get catastrophically (laughs) wrong. Right. That's where I like to bring in a little bit of help. 
And to me, that's where FreshBooks really fits. And the payment gateway stuff is huge to me. It's not just, I just always want to clarify so people know. This is not simply like a smart robot for putting out forms. This is also a way of choosing the way you would like to be paid and then making it easy and convenient for people to pay you. And even doing things like you know, like reminding people of if they said they were going to pay and they didn't, getting money up front. There's it, all that stuff that is such an embarrassing pain in the butt about doing your own thing, they make so much easier. So, so true. Uh, again, the URL to go to to check this out, freshbooks.com slash back to work. You go there, you'll get a free 30-day trial. You get to use the whole shebang when you're there. Every every feature, every capability, set up all your clients, try it out. And if you like it, like I do, then you can sign up and are back to work when you do it. Thanks again, freshbooks.com slash back to work. Buck, buck. Had a listener uh, wonder why we say buck, buck. Yes, that was a, an interesting uh, and a good email, and I replied I, to them. You did, and you you provided a useful link. I don't like to explain my non jokes, but maybe someday we'll have a whole episode where we just answer questions about these things. Yeah. Um, Were you angry that I supplied the answer? No, not at all. Okay, because I, this, I hope is, I this is what makes though. one of the new. Oh, you did not overstep. You did not overstep. <laughs> this is uh, one of the problems with podcasts. They're they're inscrutable. It, it's it, it's impossible. Not impossible. It's, it was difficult. Difficult to get started with them. We had a person just last night or this morning ask, uh, they said, I have just discovered back to work. What is a good jumping in? Oh, point? that's an excellent question. Uh, I, I don't know. No, I have no answer. I said start with episode one. <laughs> oh, geez. The Syracuse approach. <laughs> I mean, the show has changed a lot in the last 30, 40 minutes. And, you know, it's a... <laughs> what? The show's changed a lot in the last 30 or 40 minutes. <laughs> no, I mean, since the beginning, like I've listened oh, okay. back to those early shows. Oh, yeah. And there it's a, it's a I think it's a reflection of the times, uh, the well, changing used to times. Help people more. Yeah. But I don't know. It's a different show. Yeah. Well, well uh, it is a different show. And it's uh, like so many things that I like doing. It's difficult to explain what the appeal might be. Um. I'm trying to think of where a good place to start would be. I mean, a lot of people like the um, those getting things done episodes. I think that's an excellent, an excellent series. But I don't, I don't know. Eat, if, I don't want to eat off that guy's plate for the rest of my life. But like, those are pretty good episodes. That is true. I don't know if if they're saying I want to get a feel for back to work as a program. I don't know if listening to those shows would really give them the appreciation uh, for the comic focus episodes that we do for example. Um, but I think that there's a tremendous amount of value in those episodes. Listener FPC uh, Craig pops in on via Twitter to say anxiety is a goat. I don't know if he's just saying that. Ah. I think he's probably talking about the episode. I don't... Um, Ty Lambo, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Anxiety is a goat is episode 153. 153. Which mm. I'll put into the show notes. The Amy Salad days. Uh, you have to be a stag, device at hand. Hmm, I I'm think that would be a good one to point. jump into. But see, I feel like we need we need to lean you know on what? our that listeners. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, we could ask people. Um, that's, a, that's when we used to talk about Buddhism a lot. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Looks good on you. <laughs> Looks good on you, though. You, though. Um, uh, we got a lot of good shows. I think we've asked enough of our audience today. Should, do you want to, you know, hmm, I have other questions for you. Maybe we should hold off asking you more. You know, one thing I want to ask you, though, uh, that's uh, vaguely related to the nominal Fireside.io. Fireside.io. Podcast analytics and hosting for podcasters by podcasters. 
um, projects are hard. Projects are fun to think about when they're not a thing. Um, projects can be very invigorating to get started with. It's fun to buy notebooks and pencils and clean your desk and stuff like that. Getting going. Uh, usually there's a slog toward the middle. But the end of a project, I you know, or not the end of the project, but the end of the uh, minimally viable podcast site, is uh, that's that can be very stressful. You don't it's, sound yeah. stressed out, but it seems like there's, like it's... Um, I, I got to find the original source of this. You know, 90% of the work is the first 90%. The last 10% is where you do the next 90% of the work. Right. No, I, I, I know what you're talking about. I think no, it's, it's Microsoft. Someone, if you know that quote, tell me so I can quit. It, this book. I don't know it off the top of my head. I, that is so true. And you know, like if I, people say, well, how much time have you spent working on this? Basically, if I'm not recording a show, there is a 99% chance I'm working on this. That means writing code like in, you know, text in a TextMate window. If that's pretty much all all of my all of my non-recording time and if I'm not helping out with sales, like that's it. That's all pretty much all I do now. And I'm, it's I'm been a salads. long year. It's a long been a long year. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good. Like it's really good. I like I I I can't wait to use it myself. So that says something, but Well, do you want to table it? for now and yeah. uh, come back when you're closer yeah i mean it's uh if you want to sign up fireside.io put your name in you'll get in and uh this week is is when i'm sending out like the first batch of uh invites so, get in there uh listener uh, our, our wonderful listener captain marm writes to point us to the 99 the 9090 rule on wikipedia quoting tom cargill of bell labs the first 90 percent of the code accounts for the first 90 percent of the development time <laughs> the remaining 10% of the code accounts for the other 90% of the development time. <laughs> I love things like that. I will never so not smart. be delighted by things like that. Tom Cargill. Jeez, uh, I don't have much else this week. Uh, what else do I have that's exciting right now? I got things. Okay, yeah, hit me. Well, I wanted to talk to you about um, the effects that I've been feeling over... Um, fi- it. A couple of things, but they both are physical, physically, physical, the, the anxiety, mental health connection to physical activity. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. Super interesting. Yeah. If, if that's interesting to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Should yeah, I, jump, I mean, should it's, I jump in or? Yeah, yeah, jump in. I mean, just on the face of it, I, I, one thing that I think is interesting, Mac, my friend Max Temkin is going through a thing where he's trying to, uh, he's kind of hate working out. He's rage working out. He doesn't like it, but he's trying to work <laughs> out and get healthy. He's not yeah. happy about it. It's so funny though, because he has a wonderful new show. I'll put in notes with um, Pat Rothfuss. The How author. old is he? Max, I think he's about 11. <laughs> not, maybe, not, maybe 14. Physical he, age. He's the world's most successful teen. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is pushing 30. Okay. Oh, so yeah. he's still very young. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a little stress ball. But um, he was talking about this on his show. Oh, so Unattended Consequences. I'll put it in notes. The show he does with Pat Rothfuss that is a delight. One of my very favorite new podcasts. It's a wonderful, wonderful show. Um, and, you know, he's just kind of talking about like the, like, you know, you hear all this stuff about how you go and you get in shape and like, you know, you're, you, everybody goes, I, I feel so great. I've done my juice cleanse and I feel great. I'm just, uh-huh. it's, it's so nice to just be getting to the gym and it's just, I just feel I have so much energy. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I, he's like, I feel like crap. 
<laughs> but with that said, and because I think that's a thing, that's a secret shame we're not supposed to talk about. How like once you get to a certain age, like it actually doesn't make you feel that great to work out. But having said that, the other the corollary is that I've seen the numbers. Like I sleep better when I walk. I sleep better when I get outside. Not to beat up an old topic, but I'm especially interested in uh, this anxiety angle because I'm always interested in that angle. Well, yeah, I mean they they always uh, they always they. say that mm-hmm. you know exercise. It is said. It is said. A wise man once said that today it was so hot. But I can tell you that when when I think back over my life, some of the times that I was the most anxious was also when I was exercising the most. So I don't I don't know if I have any answers for this. Oh, huh, interesting. Really? I have yeah, but I have talked about I was also a vegetarian at the time and that that I think had more to do with it, but that's a whole nother show. Yeah. I um Your body wants food. Yes, that is a fact. But I was to the point where I was having these lower, I've talked, I think we've talked about it, where I was having these lower back issues so much that it was, I, it was a WWDC. I think it was the year that, that we had that big party that uh, New Relic hosted. Oh yeah. And, um, it was, uh, probably two two years years, ago. I think two Mm -hmm. years. Yeah. And, um, and it, that trip, I wound up spending like two or three of the days of that trip in in bed in my hotel room in excruciating back pain that was a result of uh, basically just being on an airplane from Texas to California and pulling the uh, my check bag out of the thing in the airplane and wheeling it around the airport. Like that was enough to cause me so many issues mm-hmm. that, you know, and I wound up going to um, a couple different doctors for it and trying tons and tons of different things and getting to the point where I was, I realized that this was only going to get worse. It was never going to get better unless I really uh, tried to start making some real changes. And I didn't start making them right away. I mean, initially I, you know, going to the doctor and having sort of like physical therapy type stuff, but over the last maybe six months, I guess, uh, of really going through and making, making some real changes, uh, not just in, uh, in, in, in the kind of activity that I do, but really going and, and saying to myself, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm, really going to get not like a little worse but like it's going to be really bad and there's so many things that I can't do like I'll tell you I'll give you an example um I was uh I was making I was setting up a fish tank and I was in the pet smart and they keep the gravel that you put in the bottom of the fish tank they keep it on the sort of bottom row underneath the aquariums that are set up for people to go and pick their fish out of and uh and uh they uh they, they're coming like 5 or 10 pound bags and getting a couple of these 10 pound bags from the essentially the floor up into the shopping cart was my arms were fine but my back was so effed up that doing this became this incredibly painful difficult task that actually left me with you know pain for a couple of days afterwards and i was like 
how can I, how can I, you know, forget like picking my kid up. Like that was out of the question. And I really, I, I had kind of gotten into this mindset of like, well, I guess this is, I guess this is how it is now. Like that's really sucks, but I guess it's just how I'm going to be now. And I realized that that, you know, finally realized it didn't have to be that way. You know, I didn't have, like I had, fortunately I didn't have any kind of like herniated disc or anything like that. It was all muscle related. It was all muscle and muscle tone related from lots and lots of bad habits over the years of bad posture, sitting bad posture, you know, what, what I call like uh coders posture where you're like hunching over a desk and yeah, that's slouch slouch. Exactly. And I had done all this to myself, you know, I just didn't realize, and it took 20 years to do it. But I managed to do it. I managed to screw it up. But the doctor told me, she's like, you know what? Like, yes, you can you can fix this because you're lucky enough that you you will, if you don't do something, you will get herniated discs. You will have other problems. But right now you don't. All of this is just muscle related and you can you can change this. So like I started out at the point where like I couldn't do um I couldn't do a sit up. So they had to take like they have these like TheraBand rubber band type things. They would tie it around like a me- um you know part of the the like where they put the weights like on a like one of those weight bench rack systems. They would like tie it to the bottom of that, and I would use my arms to pull myself up to be able to do a sit up. Like I was starting, and then that doing a five of those, I'd be sore for a week and and in in pain. Those are small muscles that a man of our age may not realize they haven't used for a while. Seriously. It was, Those small muscles are what get you. I was completely unable to do anything. And it's, you know, it's gone from, it's taken a while, but I've gone from that where I couldn't, you know, like the joke in my house was if I dropped something on the floor, I'd have to call one of my kids over to, they would like pick it up and hand it to me. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. And huh. because otherwise it would be this sort of like, okay, well, I'll put one hand on this uh, countertop here and I'll go down onto this knee and then I'll lean down onto my left elbow and pick it up with my right hand and, mm. you know, slowly reverse that to get back up. And it was just really, 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 really sad that I had to, now I could, I could walk around just fine. I could walk a few miles. I could, I could jog a little bit. I could, um, my arms were strong, you know, I could stand for 12 hours at a time. I still can. Uh, I was eating good. I wasn't overweight. My cardiovascular system was fine. I just had this one sort of issue, but the issue that was underneath it was this, um, and I am going somewhere with this, was overall lack of muscle tone, overall lack of just using my human body the way that I was meant to use it and the way we're all meant to use our bodies. And so with a a tremendously great amount of reluctance started going to first is what I guess you could call rehabilitation because I had, I had hurt my back a number of years ago carrying these heavy boxes into a UPS store and really, you know, like my back went out and never really did anything to, to, to heal it. So that was that and a series of other issues to finally just admitting like, okay, like I need to do something. It's not an optional thing. This is not an optional thing for me. Uh, if I don't do it, it will be much, much worse. And coming to that realization was kind of chilling in a sense, because it's like, I had never been in a situation with a physical thing that was like, 
you've got to do this or you're completely screwed. Right. And starting at that point, really just with those like assisted pull sit-ups and everything else to like where I am now is it's ridiculous. Like I'm, you know, this morning at my workout, I think I was squatting, you know, I don't know, 120, 130 pounds, whatever. And like, that's not even that much for people who are actually doing weight training. That's like entry level. Like I'm not at the point where I can bench my weight yet. I'm close, but I'm not there yet. And I'm like, as I'm doing this, as I'm just starting to fall back into this, I'm starting to realize that like, wow, my body can actually be, I can be strong. I don't have to be in a position where I'm afraid to pick something up or I'm afraid to, uh, you know, to engage in a certain kind of activity because I might get hurt. That doesn't mean I'm not going to pick something up carefully. Right. But like, so the other day I was buying some gravel that's sold in, you know, for another tank uh, that sold it there and sold in 20 pound bags. And I just slung two of them over my shoulder and walked out to the, from the place of the car. Didn't even think twice about it. That's crazy. You know, and like, wow. and that's, well, that's because I'm doing, you know, I'm holding the 30 pound weight when I'm doing my uh, side step ups, doing, you know, three reps of 10 on each side. Like that's not a big deal anymore, but you have to like get out there and do it. So that's the mm-hmm. physical part of it. Now, the mental part of it is the interesting thing because I'm not, I'm not working out uh, three times a week for an hour, uh, because I, I, I like it. Although now I actually really do like it. I'm doing it because if I don't do it, I will be in a, a really bad situation, but the, it's the unintended benefits, which have kind of come through this reduction, tremendous reduction in anxiety. Treme- not that I was in that bad of an anxious state before I started, but I've just noticed a tremendous improvement once I'd been doing it for a couple months, once I really got into the routine and, um, and, uh, and, and, and I find that for me, the weight training aspect of it, moving heavy weights around and using your whole body for what they call like strength training or functional movement, functional strength training is, uh, is, is, has such a different effect than jogging, which is what I always used to do, jogging or walking. Those help too. But there's something about like, I posted this video uh, of myself to, uh, that my son took of me while I was in the gym doing one of these rope workouts where you take these, there's like this really heavy rope and uh, you hold the two ends of it and then you basically are like slamming the rope down on the ground. And is this CrossFit, Dan? This is not CrossFit. No. All right. Just checking. No, no, no. I'm not engaged in CrossFit at all. I'm not. Your family this, has asked me to keep an eye on you and make sure you don't become a CrossFit person. No, I, I have no interest in that. Don't worry. This is, this is traditional strength training and functional movement. And um, there are people drilling outside my window. And I'm like, literally, I'm going to take a picture of this and I'll post it into the show notes. <laughs> like, like li- literally right outside the window where i'm standing a, right a, now a literal a literal drill yes i will send yeah. i will send this to you in, in to the in in the robot in a second um but i i you know i was doing this thing with the ropes and my uh my boy was there and he he showed me this video that he made with my phone that apparently he can unlock now and mm-hmm. i was like wow like that's pretty cool. Like, and I realized while I was doing it that you get so much like frustration and anger and everything out when you're doing these kind of big movements that associate with using your whole body to lift something or move something or do something that there's something innately 
relieving and human about this kind of activity, about this kind of movement, about all of this, that I, I, it took me a few months to get to that point, but boy, is it, uh, is it ever changing me? And I wake up, I sleep better and I wake up and I'm not, I don't have those feelings of like, oh my God, the world is ending and I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I hate everything and I'm going to die that I used to have for all those those feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And especially doing it the way you are, it sounds like you're putting, I might be uh, projecting, but it sounds like you are making a special effort to to do this properly, correctly, you know, warm up, all that kind of stuff, doing it right. Yes. I mean, I have a, uh, the plate, I'm so lucky, so, so, so lucky to have been referred to the the gym that I go to, which is um, they have some of the, the 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 best trainers in certainly in Austin that are you know super highly certified. Like this is a place where I'm not doing anything like Olympic lifting, but this is where like if you're an Olympic lifter in Austin, you would go here because the trainers are that good and they know how to train you for that. But uh, they have like a handful of trainers in the space who you just go in and, and you get to work with all of them, but they all have the same training method. They all work together and you're under like constant supervision and they they do your whole workout plan for you. They tell you, they're not, they're like, lift now, lift harder, five more, four more. It's not that crap. I would, I would mm-hmm. never be able to do any of that. It's all just very organized. It's calm. They're straightforward. They're keeping close track of what you're doing, of where you're at and guiding you through every single thing. And I mean, they'll do something. They'll be like, you know what, on your next set, try to move your left foot forward about a quarter of an inch. It might mm-hmm. help, you know, a little bit there. It's a science and they've got it down to a science. And I always laugh and I'm like, you remember those, like how you saw Rocky, like running out there, like, you know, running with a log on his back. And then you see Dolph Lundgren, you know, in this thing with like all the science hooked up to him and like, you know, it's uh, it's one of those like things. Like the where, super strongman things, where you like run around with a truck tire. And right, stuff like it's that. not yeah. like that. Like that's the CrossFit way, and this is much much different from that. So it's, yeah. uh, but that it's, to me was key. I would never have survived in a CrossFit gym. I mentioned it though because, um, you know, sometimes, well, sometimes I'll really surprise myself at how much my body is not what I expect it to be, <sighs> or like I'll eyeball something. So when every time you mention, well said. Well, when you say like this, this goldfish stuff weighs this much or that much. My latest example is I know that the cat litter we get for our cat is in a big bag that weighs exactly 40 pounds. The first time uh, that it arrived at our door and I went, oh, I'll just go pick this up and blah, whoa, it's like, oh man, I should not be picking up a 40 pound anything. Cause in my head I was thinking, I wasn't even looking at the weight of it. I looked at the size of it. I went, this looks like the kind of thing that I could easily just lift up without thinking about it. And I'm embarrassed to tell you or chagrined to tell you that it was much harder than I expected. And I really think about when I'm doing it now because that's, you know, if you don't, um, I mean, even think about it this way, you could take the world's healthiest rubber band title. And like, if you put that on a windowsill and leave that in the sun for a year, what started out as the world's healthiest uh, rubber band will, will now be incredibly brittle. And it seems fine, and it seems fine, and that it seems such fine. such a good analogy. So you pick it up and use it, and it falls apart in your hands. And that's you, right? That, that, that's a middle-aged man. Yep. And so it's, it is important to go into this with the right state of mind. And even before you think about your reps and the do you even lift stuff, think a lot about things like, and you know, like what, what you're describing here, which is more like a coach uh, than a strict trainer in some ways. It's somebody who 
uh, wants you to improve. I'm thinking almost like the people who would do like the amazing people who, who would do physical therapy for my grandmother after she broke her hip and they would really push her and she'd be in a lot of pain, but they knew what kind of limits mm. to put on somebody in their eighties right. to push them, not in the same way that you would push Dolph Lundgren, but in the way that you would make sure that they keep making progress and get the encouragement to know which kind of pain is okay, which kind is not. Right. So I, that's, that's really, uh, really valuable too. And oh, it is like going into this kind of thing, your own on your own, it, especially if you're coming from the, like a situation that I was in, like, no, like you can't, you can't, you can't do that. You need, you need someone who knows much, much more than you who can design a plan that's right for you. And, and that's, you know, you, and still they'll always like, like they'll, you know, like I had a, a thing where I messed up my neck the other week where I slept on it wrong. And it was, and so like they're, you know, like you tell them that like, ah, you know, I had this thing with my neck. Like, okay, cool. They modify what you're doing slightly. Maybe they change the exercise. Maybe they change the reps. Maybe they change the weight. Okay. So, uh, you got to make sure that you do this the right way with the right person. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying like, you know, if you, if you have an issue, you run into something, uh, then they'll, they'll modify it for you. You know, right, they'll, right, right. they'll lighten the load or they'll reduce the reps or they'll give you a replacement exercise for it. And it's the idea of doing anything like this on your own of just go, well, I'm going to go get a gym membership. I'm like, I'm just going to go work out. Like, no, that's, that's not probably safe for someone in their forties, <laughs> but, right. but, but like the crazy benefits that I've seen of this, like physically is, uh, is, you know, just like sleeping better, but also like being being able to pick up not my little kid but being able to pick up my big kid who's a big kid who's a big kid like 100 pounds and Jiminy christmas yeah and like are you sure about that is that legit yeah it's legit that's big that's a that's a tall kid yeah he's a big kid he's a tall kid and um you know and like i can pick him up and i you know and like that feeling is pretty great and you know I know that I, they say that in weight training, like the first year, you're really just getting to a baseline level of where, where your improvements and your, your future self will really come from that, that, that because of where our kind of current world leads us to that, that first year is really, you can almost think of it as just rehab for your human body that's been living in the modern world. That after mm -hmm. that year, that's when you really do things. But it is if if I I will tell you this as a as a, a fact, if I had not had this kind of if I had not been in this situation, <clears throat> there is no way that I would have and I I, ad, I admire Max for doing this because there's probably no way I would have picked up, let alone stuck, stuck with uh, this kind of training routine if I didn't know how bad it could get. You know, if I was just doing it for the sake of, well, I don't want to be stressed out or, well, I just want to be a little bit stronger or whatever. Like, oh, I want to look good in a muscle shirt. Like those things were never motivations enough for me to go and, and spend four hours a week in a gym, you know, right. it just no way. You you got me thinking about uh, a couple couple or three different things about what you're saying. Come back to issues um, having to do with pain mm. in various ways, and uh, so I mean, on the one hand, there's the pain. the The most obvious way is like the the pain, the discomfort. And what what is pain? Pain can be discomfort. It can be inconvenience. That's a kind of pain. Unpleasant feelings. 
And so all the things, so many of what you're, things you're describing have to do with pain. There's the obvious kind of thing you're talking about of like, oh man, that was a, that was a tough workout. I didn't die, but that was not a fun thing to do. Right. But that has a benefit to me. There's another kind of pain, which is the pain that goes, oh man, my back has been killing me for a really long time. Right. I wonder what I should do about it. And you end up, but you, with that pain, you end up doing this. I think unintentional, like existential calculation. It's the same thing as going like my tooth really hurts a lot, but I hate the dentist where you're now battling. There's the pain that your tooth has or the pain that your lower back has battling the imagined pain, this right. fairy tale pain you have in your head, whether real or not, it might be super real, but is that going to be like a really long pain? Is that going to be a short pain? Is that, you know what I mean? There's like all of these things where like, you know, you, you, but you are at war with yourself because yeah. you know, something has to be done, but you, there's this, balancing you do of saying like, I wonder how long I can tolerate this before I actually have to do something about it. Um, and then there's, there's this other kind of deeper thing though, of pain as inconvenience or pain as not what I'm already doing. Right. And that's where I think the anxiety thing is interesting. And that's why I'm always an advocate for taking a walk where you can. And if you're not in an area where you can go out and take a walk as easily as I can, like you could even do stuff like, I, this sounds crazy, but drive somewhere to where you can take a walk or, you know, walk around the mall, yeah. but somewhere, especially ideally outdoors, but go somewhere where even park further away from where you normally would. That sounds silly, but that count, that still counts as a walk. Like if your feet are moving, that's a walk. It's just that that is inconvenience. That's not the easiest way. But we, there's the existence of pain and the fear of pain that keeps us at war with ourselves on so many different kinds of things. Mm. And I think that's a very interesting topic. It's come up on here a lot. I'm looking at that now with my daughter who really, really, really wants to get her ears pierced. And like, we're okay with that. She's nine? She's, you know, same age as your kid. Yeah. So she'll be nine in October. Yeah. But- no, but I mean, our feeling on that is like, you can totally get your ears pierced, but like, just like a tattoo, which you'll probably eventually get, like, think about it for a while. So let's give this a month or two. And if you're as excited a month or two from now, this is something we can consider. It's not anything, this is not like going out and buying a golden book. Like right. this is your body. <laughs> yeah. So, some, some people of your generation will learn that. Anyway, uh, so we sit on that. But what's funny about that is like, she's like, so does it hurt a lot? And I said, um, I mean, I had my ear pierced when I was 19 and I, I said, out to be honest with you, it hurts a super lot, but for a very short period of time after that, it's just uncomfortable, but it, it hurts a lot when they do it. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I mean, it, when they pierce your ears, it hurts, but, and it hurts kind of a lot, but it doesn't hurt for very long. Right. And to me, that's such an interesting concept. Cause then she's like, Hmm, all right, I can probably handle that. It's like, this is the kid who next to maybe me is was the most who I was terrified of hypodermic needles as a kid. She's almost as bad. Like she does not want to go anywhere near the idea uh, of a medical yes, facility because right. of shots. But in this case, it's something that she wants. And I've told her straight out, it's going to hurt. Don't worry about that. It's just that it won't hurt for long. I'm not sure anything that I'm saying is having any contribution. If I had said to her, no, your head will split open and dragons will fly out of it. She might be against it, but she's so into the idea of having her ear pierced that now existentially that pain is not such a horrible thing. Because that's just another thing she has to get through to get to that thing. Right. I think, that's, I think that kind of thing is super interesting. And the idea of pain prevents us from doing so many things. Because it's the, it, the pain itself. And again, I'm not trying to be precious here, but there's all kinds of different sorts of pain. The truth is, and you know, I'm too late to, know, to have really benefited from this lesson, which I knew about, but I didn't choose to acknowledge. Getting in shape or being, I mean, I'm not in terrible shape. I'm in pretty good shape. I think like compared to most people who were 49 when right. I was a kid, I'm right. in great shape. Right. Oh yeah. But, Forget it. Like our 
They were old, old people back then. I've outlived my father for four years, and wow. that's a start. Yeah. But, you know, the the truth is, though, that like the inconvenience of walking more often, it was very difficult to walk and ride a bike where I lived in Florida. Anywhere I lived in Florida, pretty much. Yeah. Sarasota wasn't too bad on campus, but um, it would have really taken an effort for me to do that. No way was I going to put an effort into that. I had punk rock stuff to do over here. But, you know, now the things that you talk about here, like chronic pain issues mm-hmm. or like losing, feeling uh, a lack of energy or realizing you have to change your diet, those things do, it's the same thing as like whatever, like exercise, uh, saving money, like finding God, whatever. Like there's all kinds of things that you start to do in a panic because you think you have to. And it would have been easier to have been thinking about that along the way. So a certain kind of uh, intolerance toward inconvenience or pain can, can actually be a source of pain later on because you weren't taking care, taking care of that thing. Right. Um, but I'm very interested in the idea that like, well, you know, what about the thing that's going to hurt a lot for a second and then it won't hurt much versus the kind of pain that we foist upon ourselves that we can suffer at a baseline level for years. Mm. If you looked at the total net, like cubic inches of pain, there's so much more pain to the mild baseline pain that you suffer rather than the like one time hit, like one solid gold brick of pain to the face and then it's done. Right. I think that's very interesting. And that's like how our brains work. I think the economics of our brain are structured, especially in a modern, you know, contemporary society. That's kind of how we're wired these days. And it doesn't always work to our favor. Um, we can talk more about this, but we're running very long. And you, I believe, have one more thing that you like. I do have one more thing that I like a lot. Parachute. 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 They, is they an, give a sheet. They do give a sheet. That'd be a fun t-shirt. They're going to just have to run with that. I mean, idea guys, right? Yeah. Boom. One, two. Online betting brand based in California. Right by, you could walk, they're in Venice Beach. You could like hop in a cab and go down there. Great sleep starts with your sheets. Parachute has created a line of everyday betting essentials from sheets to comforters to give you superior sleep. They have free shipping. They have free returns. They have a 30-night risk-free guarantee. So you get these. If for some bizarre reason you don't love them, you send them back. You got 30 days to try it out. Safe sleep, too. What does that mean? That means they partner partner with the uh, United Nations Nothing But Nets. So they're sending these life-saving bed nets to fight against malaria. But you can help out by just buying stuff from them. That allows them to do this. And what do you get? An amazing experience. Parachute has the best website for this. They show you pictures. And I've got to tell you that the pictures of the stuff, is ex- it looks exactly like that when you get it and you put it on your bed. It, it's, it's wonderful because it's true. You look at it, it looks like that, and you unbox it. The colors are the same. The textures are just the way they look. Quality stuff. Uh, you unbox it, you put it on your bed, you try it out, and it, it's great. And the box, the way it's packaged up is really nice, like a lot of attention to detail. Really good quality beds. And that's the thing is like a good night's sleep starts with the sheets. That's what you're physically in contact with. And it's true. Go check this stuff out. It's at Parachute Home, Parachute, P-A-R-A-C-H-U-T-E, ParachuteHome.com slash back to work. And if you use the code back to work when you're picking out your sheets, your duvet, your other bedding essentials, you'll get $25 off your first order. So again, ParachuteHome.com slash back to work supports the show. Code back to work saves you 25 bucks. Thank thank you very much to Parachute for supporting this program. Thanks, Parachute. Bok, bok. I have concerns about this guy outside your window. He looks a little sketchy. Well, he's, he's. Why is he, why has he got a towel on his face, Dan? You know, um. Fumes? There is a lot of, whatever it is that they're doing 
it would seem that they're drilling into something and there will be sort of tufts of puffs of smoke. I bet it's fracking. You know, this they do that is? in tech. This is fracking. Okay. I this think is what fracking, fracking is. There's a man on a li- I don't want to reveal too much data here, but there's a guy on a window washy uh, up down thing. Yes. Like a window vader. Yes. And uh, he's out there and he's got a towel over his face. He's got some eyeglasses and he's wearing boxing gloves and hitting your wall. I think he's fracking. Do you think that the uh, the glasses are prescriptive or are they simply there to uh, just you know, protect him from the smoke? Well, if he is, I mean, if he is heavily involved in the chemtrails community, they're probably a, a sort of they live glasses. Yes. He knows to put on the towel because there are fumes that he wants to avoid. Yes. Right? Because of the stuff that they're spraying in the air. Correct. You know, this is this is definitely a thing. And, uh, you know, it could just, this could be a rogue operation. Maybe he's identified oil in your building that he can frack. I mean, I'm, I'm not willing to discount any of that. Yeah. You just got to gotta keep your eyes open. Full eyes, warm heart, can't lose. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good show. Yeah, I'll put, the, I'll put him into the show notes. Why not? Uh-huh. Don't you need to get a, what do you call that? You get a, uh, a release? Do you, do you need to get his release? I've had a full release uh, regarding this. So I think we're good to go. He's covered up. Huh. His identity is protected. Oh, I see. He's already, he's pre-covered. Yeah, he's, you can't identify him. He looks a little mad. Well, I'd be mad. Yeah, sure. Wouldn't you? If you were out there in these shoes? Whew. All right. (laughs) All right, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.